In 2024, friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy Beck Did It Better. From 1995, this is album 69, Jagged Little Pill by nice. Alanis Morissette. Listen, I, I think today the goal is, I know it's album 69, but I think the goal is we're going to try to keep this episode as clean as possible. Okay. Okay, I want one that I can send in. That. I can send in with my kids to school. They can say, hey, friends, check out this podcast. Yeah. Okay, that's getting edited out. That's too weird. But... Uh, we are going to, let's go see what, uh, just like uh, Alanis got her start when they brought the tape over to K-Rock and the DJ said, we got to play this right away. I brought a tape today you did. to, to K-Rob and they said, oh my God, we have to play it. Nice. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Board. I was, I was blown away. So let's, let's listen to it right now. Thanks. What's up, about everybody? Dave Welcome to K-Rob, K-R-O-B. Listen, the number one thing I get asked on this show is, why is it so dirty? And the answer is, it's not Rob, it's actually the other guys. Oh, Wait, what? yeah. No, I try every week oh, no. to keep the episode clean. <laughs> but then Aaron reminds <laughs> That this is album 69. <laughs> These guys, they make it dirty. Yeah, they talk about feet and how they bought some tang. Well, they're trying to bait me and talk about pornography. Ah. It's kind of like I'm getting gangbanged. Oh. Like that. I try real hard the whole darn show not to say a single thing that I think would provoke. I said the word hard and I said the word whole. I didn't make a joke. <laughs> I think that show's so gross. I won't swear. So for an hour, Ooh. we're going to do a clean episode today. There's no jacking off no. in the shower or dressing up like a chair to get people to sit on my face. This will be a clean show. Huh? <laughs> When you want to hear about show. the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy just to look part, it up online. If you want to hear from guys who said it's going to be a clean show right track. in the song. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Rob, I got to pause for you. You got to turn the, I can't hear you guys over the audio yeah. right now. No, I yeah, couldn't yeah. either. That was too loud. Right. <laughs> it's not too loud, Russell. You're just too old. Okay. I'm, too, I'm, I'm drunk, but I'm sober. And I'm uh, not yeah. young. I'm, I guess old I'm not underpaid either. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I've got uh, one hand in my pocket and one hand just down the front of my pants. Uh, all right. So this is... Uh, I've got three guys here who think about going down into theaters, heading down the steps to get some more milk duds. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Good. I had some milk duds today at a theater. Oh, my God. Gross. You actually dirty, had milk duds? Dirty man, uh, man. You're so dirty. It's Listen, so after this, clean show. But, Matt, you're a fucking loser. What the hell are you getting milk duds for? They're like the bottom of the... They're like candies for, like, grandparents. Chocolate. Your thoughts? Good. Caramel. Good. Put them together. Great. It's all good. No. No, a milk yeah. dud. Nobody's ever had a milk dud and been like, oh my God, this is great. 
A milk dud is like if your if your church forbade you from having candy and like that you eat that candy you're like oh wow this is way better than good and plenties like that's where it is it's it's good and plenties good and, plen- and then no. like almond joys and then it's milk duds that's the hierarchy of the shit list of candy. <laughs> but you can still be you're enjoying wrong. milk duds many hours later. You can just be picking them right out of your molars and just have oh, an extra milk true. dud through the, through the whole show. Oh gross! Uh, Russell, one of these days, one of these days, we'll just pick on all of Rob's. You know, like things that he likes and stuff, and we'll just let we'll just have a day where Listen, we just pick on Rob. How about that? I yeah. would love to have like some back and forth with this conversation instead of me just yelling at you. I would love well, it if you guys would like talk back to me and we could like interact and maybe These have a are conversation. These the intro quotes, Rob. We don't do conversations <laughs> in the intro quotes, right? <laughs> and that voice you hear is Russ. Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. My dating life is a little bit ironic, don't you think? It's like T-shirt lines on my concert date. It's no Uber <laughs> ride when my date's cold and it's already late. It's mm-hmm. Matt's great ticket advice that I just didn't take. Oh, and who would have yeah. thought? Oh, that's the good advice <laughs> you just didn't take. Oh, that's the good advice. I thought for sure you're going to do it. Who would have thought it? That's, I, I, oh. that's just me. That's just me. Oh, no. What? It's clean from here on out, though, for sure. Aaron in California. Aaron, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. I listened to Alanis today, and she said she recommends that anyone bite off more than they can chew. So, hey, let's make a funny podcast about this album. Let's go for it. Okay, we're gonna, okay from here on out, it's going to be funny and clean. Oh, my God. How can I do either one of those things? Uh, and by back by popular request, uh, mostly your own, it's Suzanne. Suzanne, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. Back in yeah. the house. Suzanne's Woo. in the house. Happy yes, to be here. Happy to be guest. here. I, I had to push and yes, shove indeed. my way in. I barely got an invita- invitation, but... I'm so happy to be here because this is going to be a clean show, and that's yep. what I'm here for. Yep. Keeping it clean. Okay, so that's we're right. going to keep that in mind as we go, and no more talking about Russell. All right. So, Matt, did you go? We just had Thanksgiving, Matt. Did you go see your mother-in-law over Thanksgiving? Yes. I How did. much did you talk about the podcast? Uh, not too much, you know, because, again, she understands that we're, we're much more than this pod t- podcast, yes. right? And so, yeah, no, I mean a little bit, not too much, but yeah, I, I was, I just saw my mother-in-law the other weekend and she was talking to me about the podcast and she told me that there are parts where she just tunes out. What do you mean? What does she tune out? Why, why would you tune out? She said, there's parts where I, Rob is talking and I listen and there's parts where Rob's talking and I just tune out and I don't listen to those parts. And I was like, uh, <laughs> now here's the thing though, is that I was like, I, I did tell her, I said, you know, Bernie, I am playing a character on the show. Like it's not it's me. True. Like when you meet me in real life, I'm not like this. I'm actually quite different. How how so? How are you different than the? How is the character different than the real life guy? I would never pause to let somebody else talk there. For example, that is true. Uh, that's, that is true. <laughs> you can either no pregnant pauses in real life. Yeah, you can either talk with me or you can get out of my way because I've got stuff to say. You know, I'm bringing it. Like it's, yeah, Rob has never asked me how it's going in real life. He's never done that. He does it every week on this podcast. Well, I got in big trouble with Suzanne. She called me on the phone once. Okay. Which by the way, psycho, psycho stuff to call me on the phone, just out of the blue, just calling me on the phone. And Suzanne, what did I say when I picked up the phone? Oh, (laughs) you said, I don't know what you said, but it was not appropriate. I said, what's up to her. And she was furious with me for saying, what's up? What are you supposed to say? No, it wasn't. It wasn't like, what's up? It was like, what? Yeah. What's up? Like annoyed like that. Oh, it was like, why are you bothering? Yeah, it was like, yeah. why, why are you calling? Yeah, so it wasn't I, like the old Budweiser thing. 
What's up? No. It wasn't like that. It no. was just like a what's what's happening? No. Why are you bothering yeah, me? That exactly, type of deal. Exactly. So, but why why were you What's up? It was really important. It was this. really important in the moment. And so then I had to train him as to how to answer a phone call in a polite way. How do you answer <laughs> it now? How does he do it now? Has it worked out? Now he he pauses a very long time. He says, Oh, well, hello. How are you today? <laughs> yeah, it's much more pleasant. It's very pleasant. He is trainable. Yeah, he is. It makes me sick. I do it very sarcastically. <laughs> it's okay? ironic. I, I mean, do you ever get a phone call and you're like, "Oh, good, I get to talk on the phone"? When it's me, no. I did when have a me, when, when I was like 11 years old. Though I did have a buddy where I'd call up and he'd say, "Like, is Rob there?" And the dad, it was like his. He said, "He he he said, call back when you know how to call, make a phone call." And oh, I was like what the. F- and it's not like you could text back then when you were 11. And so I had no idea. So I called back up and said, is Rob there? You need to say hello. And then is Rob there? Oh, that's a good point. Say hello. And then he hung up and said, call okay. back again. Oh so God. from now, ever since then, ever since I was 11, Whoa. it's, wow. hello, is Rob there? Hello, can I speak to Rob, please? Something like that, you know, because of Derek from Richfield, you know, was yelling at me <laughs> yeah, when I was 11 years old. So let's get into the, uh, uh, no, let's get into rolling going. And like five it's minutes to prepare for that. It's, time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling. Uh, Aaron, rolling. rolling going. How's it going with you out in California? You had a busy holiday travel. You got to have something exciting to say. I can't wait to hear what this rolling going is. Oh my God, it's going to be gold. Oof, I can't wait. I know you're stoked. I know you're stoked. I got to start off. I am sorry, guys. I have to start off on a serious note. It, it oh, is no. the day Uh-oh. after Thanksgiving that we are recording uh, this podcast. The day after Thanksgiving is the day that I was able to convince my lady to start playing Christmas music no earlier than the the day after Thanksgiving. So we Mm -hmm. started in on the Christmas tunes today, uh, which was actually delightful. I just, I I prefer like a good, like a one month Christmas music period. Any longer just feels like too long to me. It's too much buildup. So we started the Christmas tunes today and I might've mentioned this on last year's Christmas episode. I don't remember, but every time, every time, the first time every year that John Lennon says to me, so this is Christmas and what have you done? Another year over a new one's just begun. I really got to think about what have I done with my year? What do you oh. think you've done on this podcast? What's been your proudest accomplishment on this podcast? I spent year? my year talking to you guys. That's it. That's like, That's I, pretty I, pathetic, I, isn't I, it? I That's show really up, bad. I show up to talk to you guys and you guys show up to talk to me and that's it. That's the, that's the best thing. So I spent a lot of time this year making this podcast with you all. Suzanne, this is your second time with us. Happy yes. to have you back. Thank you. Man. And uh, yeah, when I look back on my year, that's, uh, that's what, uh, that's what I feel proud about. Aaron, but, Aaron en- enough about us. Let's talk about you for a minute. What else yeah. is rolling going? You get yeah. that? that was another, that was a good little quote. You like that? Uh-huh. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Aaron, I think you, you're going to know that your year has not been going very well when your kid sets up like, I want to be, you know, it's like a cat in the cats in the cradle type situation where the kid's like, I want to be just like you, dad. And he sets up a little podcast studio in the kitchen, right? And then he plays a tape of somebody just telling him what a dumb shit he is over and over. And he's got to sit there and laugh at it and be like, ah, dad, am I just like, am I just like Terrible. you, dad? It's like, he's it's got like a you, that story was garage. dumb. And he's got to be like, ha, 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 ha. But over the past week, things I've done include uh, flying to Iowa, going to a wedding, Doing my very best to Irish goodbye the wedding we left uh, at 9.15 p.m. Uh, just when the DJ dropped Hood Go Crazy by uh, T-cha- T-cha- Two Chains and Tech Nine. Two Chains. Which was unfortunate because I was ready to leave because they played Fortunate Son and I was like, I'm out of here. But uh, then what? they started playing the real tunes. But the Uber was already coming, so I had to Irish goodbye that, that one. 
Fortunate son, was she was she marrying some guy whose dad everybody called the colonel? Like, why did they play <laughs> fortunate son? Not sure. Unclear. Unclear. The song's going out uh, to the colonel. Dealt with a projectile vomit situation on the drive from uh, Minnesota down to Iowa. That was, uh, that was pretty exciting. Did you make your wife clean it up or did you clean it up? I, you know, she did end up cleaning it up. And were you okay after that? I wish you tried to ask that, Russell, but I was, I was okay. I, it took me a minute, yeah. but I was all right. Yeah, it was the most vomit I've ever seen come out of a person except for maybe Russell's 21st birthday. But, uh, <laughs> that did happen. That did happen. <laughs> but no, it was, it was a close second. This is a close second. And to bring I'm it full circle. writing it down in my book of least surprising things I've ever heard. <laughs> last night when we got home, we had to roll through McDonald's because all of the um, stores in the airport that might have sold milk were closed. We had to get my son some milk. So while going oh. through the McDonald's drive through I also got a filet of fish. I'll be honest, it is the first filet of fish I've ever had in my life. I spoke last week on last week's episode about a fish sandwich that I had here in Oakland, which I now realize was inspired by the filet of fish. The filet fish, this is a good sandwich. I think that people out there. Aaron, when you went through the when you went through the drive-thru, did you get like anything good from McDonald's? You're like, well, I gotta do it healthy if I'm going through the drive-thru. I'm only getting the filet of fish. Well, there's nothing healthy about the filet of fish. We got we got a filet of fish and a milk. Russell's like, what the fuck? Are you on a diet? Why are you getting all this health food? Filet of fish. <laughs> it's got American cheese on there and tartar sauce and all that. It's delicious. You went through a McDonald's drive-thru at like midnight or whatever, and you ordered milk and a filet of fish. Yeah, the guy it must was have been $7. like this guy is so high in the car. Like I assume everybody was like looking out the windows when you drove up. Is like, how high is this guy? That he's just getting milk and a filet of fish. Like that's that's a crazy, crazy order. I assume every time McDonald's sells a filet of fish, like some alarm goes off at McDonald's headquarters. So they go, what, what? And they have like a little party or something. Oh man, I was impressed. It's delicious. Shout out McDonald's for their filets of fish. And really, does your son need to go like he can't go one day without milk? Is he going to get osteoporosis if he goes one day without his Mm -hmm. his milk or what? No, I'm I'm fine if he skips the milk, but it's his routine, man. He's like, I want my milk before I'm going to bed. Yeah, don't take those kids out of routine. Nah, Mm. we had had promised him the milk in the car and he was like, that's what I'm getting. So we had had to find a place. (laughs) Did you guys have the problem I had with kids where the bedtime routine got more and more complicated? Oh, as it was Like in the beginning, it was putting him in bed and then it was putting him in bed and putting five blankets on him. And then it was putting him in bed, five blankets plus 10 different dolls. And it was like, they would, they knew how to keep you in there. They're like little negotiators. It was terrible. What was your, what was your parenting style of putting your, your, you have a son, right? What was your style when you put him to bed? There was, there was a thousand stories and kisses goodnight. And then there was this whole routine where he said, where'd mommy go? And I'd have to pop out and say right here. And then where'd mama go (laughs) right here. Oh, no. Wow. So glad to hear Long, that. I'm not the only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't good. I would have just scared the shit out of that kid once, and I would have never had to go through like the late night routine again. I would have just been like, old oh, man, get out of here. I need to go to sleep. Yeah. It's They get you, though, because they don't say, like, oh, stay in here for 10 minutes. They're like, oh, just stay in here for an extra 10 seconds. But then after like uh, two months, it's 10 minutes because it's extra 10 seconds every time. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's not linear, it's exponential. Yeah, they're like they're like a drug dealer, but it's like hanging out with them. They get you hooked, and then they're like, "Okay, you're going to do this more and more." And pretty soon, you you, just, you can't escape it. It's bad. They lure you in, lure you in. Yeah, because they yeah. give you a free sample of that love. And then they guilt you. I mean, then then the guilt comes out like, "Oh, you, last night you did that." Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, okay, fine. and every night yeah, you we'll do stay. this. Now it's a thing. If you do it once, right? You can yeah, do it a thousand that's times. It. That's how yeah. it goes. 
So Matt, uh, Aaron ate a fish fillet sandwich. That was pretty much what I heard from his rolling going. So <laughs> Aaron went to like a wedding. We could have had so many good stories, but Noah's story was I went through the McDonald's drive-thru and got milk and boiled yeah. fish. So you weren't tempted at all to like get a fry. Like going to a McDonald's and not getting a French fry to me is 100% insane. My son would have eaten them all. If I had gotten fries, I would have just hand them right back to the backseat. He would have had to, he would have had to take them. Like I was, no, like if I get the filet of fish, he's not going to steal it from me. The last time yep. I was here, you were eating dandelion green. So I think this is a move in the right direction. It is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm impressed with the fish filet. Rolling, rolling going, Matt. Yeah, how's you. it going, Matt? How's it going with you? You're up. <laughs> uh, I mean, have you guys ever had to deal with a drunk wife like on Friday nights just coming in and <laughs> ruining your Are you implying that one of our co-hosts is dealing with that right now as we yeah. speak? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, Rob, for our listeners, there's a lot of waving in the Zoom call going on right now. A lot of waving in the Zoom call. You wouldn't believe what Jenny just came in and asked me. Like, it's a take, like this is the one thing I like to do all week. And I've said to her, like, I am looking forward to this. She came in and she is showing me. Hold on. She, she is showing me the option. Sorry, Matt, I wasn't listening to what right you were saying. behind you, Rob. Because Jenny was showing me. I know it's kind of like, oh, we're going to need a bigger boat. But here's the thing is that she is showing me a picture for Christmas cards. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I can tell you. That's tonight, too. Yeah. Oh. How about we also? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's really important. How about we get in a time machine and go back 10 years when people still send Christmas cards? Tell them where our Christmas cards from last year are. So I'm going to send them together. Yeah. yeah, We still have every single Christmas card. I got mine. No, I got mine in June. When I was at your place in June, I grabbed mine. So it's Yeah, you don't get a second one. We're only sending you one of our Christmas cards this year, not both Christmas cards. We're like hoarders, but it's Christmas cards. So if we're not going to send out one Christmas card, what makes us think we're going to send out two this year? Terrible. Just terrible. I'm postage. sorry, man. What's your wrong going? Um, not much. Not much. Enough about to Rob. Eating. Let's talk about Matt for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's Rob's show, guys? We got to give him as much he time the as main he host. Yeah, all he all need, he needs this. And, uh, not tonight. He brought his friend Suzanne on, which uh, per our contract means he has to cut his time in half. He's got to cut his time down so we all get our time. I think everyone knows that I'm the main host. I think I bring the oh, most oh, listeners. So, like you know, I'm just yeah, saying. I like, well, I like this rivalry. You were telling us last time that you had listeners that listened to the show for about 10 minutes and then literally got up and walked out of the room. This one has jacking off in the shower in the opening song. Oh, like, you did that on purpose. Why? Why? I tried. I sent out an email saying I'm in an, in an appropriate, I'm in an, in a, in, God, I can't even say it. I'm Gesundheit. terrible. I'm in an inappropriate podcast. And nobody listened. I was like, that yeah. to me, that's the enticing message. Like, wouldn't you want to so hear it? Where does your brother-in-law jack off? Not the shower? <laughs> oh my God, it is over for me. No Christmas for me. I'm not going there. Speaking of nobody listening, Matt, roll and go. And how's it going with you? Does he stand up or lay down? <laughs> no, standing up, forget about it. That is a young man's game. I've said that before. Standing up and you're like focusing. Oh, forget about it. And God help you if you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror. Like, oh, it's just no. over. Oh, Lord. Forget no, it. No. Nothing Matt, less moving erotic on to Matt. than that. Matt, how's your, what's, what's rolling going with you, Matt? Uh, not much. I was just going to talk about, you know, I got, last week was nice here, so I got all 18 of my blow-ups up. Um, oh, yes. Added a couple new ones Wait, this year. I don't year. know what that means. It sounds really <laughs> questionable. <laughs> Twelve foot Santa, you know, oh, it's about kind of six up. foot wide. What? It's like Santa had sex with a millipede. What? He's got twelve feet. And then I, and then the the only thing I've tried to get a little creative this year, and there's this um, blow up of Elf, you know, but it's like it's just his feet, so it's like the waist 
to his feet. It's like he's supposed to be stuck in a snowbank. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to have it, it fixed to my uh, my chimney. So it looks like he's going down the chimney, but like I don't have the it keeps blowing around up there. So trying to get a little more creative this year. So when you but say I think, when you say elf, are you talking about like the the Christmas elf or the the alien elf from that old TV show? <laughs> that little brown, little lone looking thing. Nobody thinks about Alf anymore. <laughs> I, that's what I thought he was talking about. It oh, would be my, interesting to see what his butt looked like, though, wouldn't it? His little legs sticking up, he'd be like, "Oh, that's Alf's butt. That's what it looked like." Yeah, it was an alien, like a, butt. Remember, he just yeah. like sat on that couch talking to that old guy the whole time. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Norm, check out my butt. It's actually both cheeks are shaved. You'd think there'd be hair on them, but they're not. I bet he was like one of those monkeys, you know, where like the butt was like a bright pink and they just never referenced it ever. Hey, I want to eat some cats. Look at my bright pink butt. Do you guys like my elf impression? Is that a new one I should put in the I'm rotation? enjoying that. No, that one, that one should, that should come into the rotation. As, as somebody, Suzanne, who has grown up in Manhattan in their entire life and really never gone anywhere else, I, I, sure. I probably should explain to you what these yard inflatables are. Please. Okay. Please. Let's start with what a yard is. Matt has. Okay. First of all, there's like, it's like a dog park, but it belongs to you. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. uh, and, and there's, there's like real grass. And so Matt has there's spent, only like four homeless guys peeing in your, in your yard. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of similar to that. Yeah. So Matt has spent the last, uh, what, eight years or so. Buying, uh, probably six, you know, since Leo's nine. So probably since he was three or four. Yeah. So six, he six, has five or six years. He has been bl- buying, uh, you know, those things that are like outside of car dealerships that you can blow up oh, and those, they wiggle around. Yeah. Those oh, she's doing it. She's doing the dance. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's getting way into it. She's, she's very flowing. She looks just like, it's incredible what it looks oh, like. <laughs> Matt has decided that those, uh, what would look good is a bunch of those in his yard starting on Thanksgiving and coming down. When, when do they come down? Like March? No, I try to get, uh, by the time, uh, look, here's the problem with it, having three or four was great. That was funny. And then we were getting up to like eight or nine and now the neighbors are starting to say really cool. My wife's kind of getting pissed off about it. <laughs> you know, now we're up to like, it up. Yeah. Now we're up to like 16 to 18. Oh, no. And the yes. problem is, is that they're only getting bigger, right? Oh, so, so Suzanne, the joke is, is that we started out with Mike Wiskowski sitting on a present, you know, the guy from monsters Inc or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we started out with that and like a, like a four foot, um, Darth Vader, you know, that yeah. was the blowups. Yeah. And then, you know, so that was like a three yeah, and four sense. year olds. Well, sure. last year we got like a poop emoji. So yep. now got, <laughs> you know, that, that's what, that's what the kids are. These aren't even Christmas themed. Like, aren't they supposed to oh, be? Oh, they've got, oh, they've all got a Christmas hat on. Oh, okay. yeah. Poop yeah, emojis right. got lights going around it. Kind of, you know, like it's a tree, <laughs> oh, except it's just a poop emoji. And so, so we've got that. I mean, there's like, there's a Christmas pig. It's just a pig yeah. that's got a. Santa hat on. Yeah. There's a duck. And they cost like hundreds I mean, of dollars, right? No, they're well, like fourteen dollars. Suzanne, I think, I think what you don't get is like as Matt's kids gets older, he's like, I can't stand. I need to spend less and less time. I'm going to buy more and more of these. Yeah. Exactly. So I need to go outside, and it's going to take me like two days to air all of these up. It's not going to take well, me an hour. He needs as well, many. The problem as is, yeah. The problem is, is we're getting bigger, right? So we got yeah. an uh, yeah, we got a problem. ten foot Christmas tree last year. <laughs> that was pretty skinny. It just goes back. Well, this year we've got this. It's a twelve foot. And it's and it's as round, almost as round as it is tall. Uh, snowman. You don't have to point at me when you say that. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the wind and everything, I mean, these things don't stay in the ground, right? And so, if you have one of them, you can anchor the the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But if you got to anchor down like eighteen of them. It's just it's it's a full time job. I like how so Matt is acting wow. like this is anyone else's fault but his own. He's like. Pfft. 
He's like these these things are just getting bigger and bigger. I don't know where they're coming from. They're so just, we've started. So we've started. We've started transitioning to the lights. And so yeah. this year, instead of just like one string around the front, we went all up and down the front, and oh, then no. kind of made like a little mm-hmm. uh, outline of the roof, you know. And so next year, hopefully, we get the whole roof taken care Sorry, of. Like Lance say goes that. to spend <laughs> multiple weekends where he's outside the whole time, just yeah. like constantly putting stuff up. And can't he can't wait to take it down but, like two but you, weeks later? Yeah, no, you did. You did ask when do I take him down? I take as close to December twenty fifth at eleven fifty nine p.m. as possible because I've been I've been f- out there fixing them and anchoring them back down and putting lights on and all that stuff. I just want to be done with it by that time. And so, yeah, no, I just got a text about the. Man. I just got a text about the Christmas cards, guys. The saga of the Christmas cards is continuing, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am Wu-tang. not in the right, okay? Wu-tang. So it turns out I'm actually really excited for double Christmas cards this year. It's, I think it's actually a really good idea if my text message indicates anything. So, Matt, <laughs> at what point is your wife going to put – because now, there's guys, I think when, when kids reach a certain age, guys either get into sports like ultra marathoning or whatever. They're just out of the house for like 10 hours at nope. a time. Nope. Or, yeah, nope. They, or they get into uh, extreme yard work. Or so smoking what point meat. Is, Smoking meat. Yes. That, that's a 14 Or brewing yeah. kombucha or beers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, yes. that's a classic one. So at what point is your wife going to put her foot down and say you absolutely cannot uh, buy any more yard inflatables? Like, is that conversation started at all? Hasn't started, but I mean, we're getting there. We're getting close. Time for an intervention. I just live in a small Minneapolis yard, you know, and Russell's yard is twice the size of mine, his front yard. And so, you know, we can't, we can only fit so many. But, but I think like if she, if your wife has to be like, I always tell my sister this, my sister's husband hunts and fishes a lot. And I always tell her like, look, this is the least of your worries. He could be out doing way worse things than that. Like if Matt's worst problem is he's out and he's inflating inflatables way too much and their yard is full of stuff like, you got to be thankful for that, right? Like it's the season. What more could you ask for than a, than a spouse that their major issue is they have too many inflatables there, from there, Home Depot? There is nothing better. Here. And I've said this, and I'm going to get myself yeah. in trouble here. I'm going to get myself in trouble. There is nothing better than Sarah coming back from a night of boozing with her friends and all the stories you hear. They go back and forth. Yeah. So again, to your point, Russell, the worst thing that they've got on me is that I buy too many inflatables right? and put up too many Christmas lights. So <laughs> yeah. I'm doing okay, I think. Yeah, you're you're all right, man. Yeah. I like the idea of like that she's actually doing this because it keeps you from cheating on anybody. Because like the oh, moment you'd be uh, like, "Hey, my wait, wife and what? kids are out. My wife and kids are gone. Why don't you come over and we can mess around a little bit?" And somebody pulls up and they see that you have twenty <laughs> yeah, yard inflatables. Right. They'd be I'm like, on. "You're out of there." They'd be like, "Okay, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I gotta go. The Uber's coming, and uh, I'll see you later. I'm gonna wait by this giant Mike Wiskowski on a uh, present out here." You know, for for most of us, for most of us, we're out. We've and this is I hate saying this anymore because it's so stupid. But we've all kicked our coverage. Our wives are way better than us. They've got, at least in my situation, this way higher chance that my wife is cheating on me than me cheating on my <laughs> oh, wife. No. Right? Because yeah. like what, I, I can't I can't get much higher. And that's that's very true. I can't get much higher on the old tree. So I think it it's kind of works reverse, Russell. That if some dude pulls up and sees a whole bunch of inflatables, he's gonna be like, "What the fuck's going on with this lady? How can she allow these in her front yard?" So I'm actually de- deterring, the, you know, with a huge crank from coming over. Whoa, that's a good point. So, yeah, whoa, that's whoa. a good point. I think that's that's a, I think that's science, right? Like that's right. That's what you're thinking, unless you're yeah. unless you are like you know maybe like 
watching through a window while your wife gets pounded by some other guy might be a turn on, you know? And maybe if you're sitting against a giant inflatable couch, man just has a big inflatable couch. It's facing toward his house. It's like, wait, wait, that's weird. Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going, Aaron, you mentioned you were at a wedding last weekend and you didn't want to tell any details about it because you were like, hey, all the fun stuff I'm just going to ignore. We're just going to go straight McDonald's drive through the whole thing. <laughs> I told you to play Hood Go Crazy by Tech 9 B.O.B. and 2 Chains. That's a great track. After Fortunate Son, this wedding is whack, dude. I don't know who's who's running the playlist at that wedding, but it is not very good. Well, I wasn't going to ask about the playlist at the wedding, but what I wanted to ask about, one of the things, my favorite part of going to a wedding, and I, I, I was paying attention to this, every time I go to a wedding, my favorite thing is the speeches. It's the best man speech, the uh, maid of honor speech, mm-hmm. the the yep. father of the bride, you know, the mother, whoever's yeah. given speeches. I love you like about these. The speeches. You what? like these? That's the worst it, part of every wedding. Everyone knows that. Oh it's, it can be so cringeworthy. Like some of them go so long and you just like are cringing for people up there and they're so out of their comfort zone. You have people who never speak in public and they're up there just bombing and I love every bit of it. Like great wedding speeches I love, horrible wedding speeches I love. I love like oh when God. wedding speeches have gone on for an hour and everyone's sitting there and like, wait, we can't go get a drink. We're just still sitting here listening. I love the whole thing that comes with wedding speeches, them going too long, them being good, them being terrible. I just I love it. So I gotta know like have you guys ever given a speech at a wedding before or what's your wedding speech style? What do you like to hear? What do you not like to hear? My sister, I was talking to her the other day and she, she let me know that I had given a toast at her wedding that was unapproved. She had not given me permission <laughs> to give a toast. Oh. And apparently I had just thought it was my right to give a toast. And she said that I stood up and told a story that was not very good and that the toast was not very good. And it's possibly one of the most hurtful things that she's ever said to me <laughs> because it seems so real. Like she didn't just say, Oh, she you were just bad told at it. you she, this now. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, A, I don't remember giving a toast, but B, if I had, I'm sure it was really funny. I know I have like my top, you know, just my top jokes I can use, but. The only ones, the, I mean, again, they, they get so bad. I, and again, I, the worst ones are the ones that have clearly been written out and then like thought of for like 30 days, you know, like and they've, they've workshopped it and gone through it. And you can tell that they're reading about. Oh, and that one time that I knew that we were going to be best friends forever, you mm-hmm. know, and nobody gives a fuck about the story about how you're going to be best <laughs> no. friends forever and all that. Right. Like that's between you guys. Yeah. You guys talk about that when you're best hanging out and it. having a beer. Right. Yes. You know, but like nobody cares about that. Like you, you know, why you're the best. Everybody's just going to assume that you're the best man or the best, you know, the maid of honor. You know, for a good reason. Nobody cares what the backstory is, things like that. That right? is so right. Like, this is my favorite part of being at weddings is someone <laughs> telling like these, these like super, hey, this, this story only applies to two or three people in the whole building. And they go on and on and on. Oh. And you're looking around. There's one person like at some random table who's laughing enjoying every bit and the rest of everyone's just like fuck my life this needs to end now like i can't get enough of uncomfortable wedding speeches you're spot on man i love it russell's perfect day is like waiting outside in the slippery part of the sidewalk and seeing people fall and then going into a wedding and hearing long boring speeches and everybody's nervous he's just like yes i love it this is so great and i'm not even saying there were long boring speeches at this wedding it just made me start thinking about like when you see speeches like some people just want them to go really quick. I love the cringeworthy ones that go on forever. Russell, what's the worst you've ever seen? Have you guys ever seen a truly terrible wedding speech? Um, the worst one I ever saw, one of our, this was one of our listeners um, was actually his uh, first wedding. 
I don't know if he'll be having a second one, but uh, <laughs> his wedding did not work out. But that's the bad one if they dad announced the wedding like this. Well, welcome to my first wedding, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one I, I heard. So some, not all the time you see like parents will give a speech. So sometimes it's just maid of honor, groomsman, or best man, whatever you want to say, best, best, whatever the the huh? main two people are. It's two oh. two speeches, one on each side, right? But sometimes the parents will jump in and start giving speeches. Sometimes they, they let multiple people give speeches. They go on forever. But this one, the father of the bride gave a speech and it got kind of inappropriate. And then he just started lambasting like the ex-wife who was there. So that was the Whoa. most inappropriate <laughs> one I ever saw was <laughs> yeah, so where, where ex-spouse stuff came out from the father of the, that's rough. or the father of the bride. And Russell's in the back just going, yes. Well, it's yes, funny. Yes, you, please. You're, you're 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 making fun of it, but my buddy has actually told me he remembers this speech at his wedding, and it was so uncomfortable, and it was so un- going for so long, and he was just saying these things like, "What?" Everyone's like, "What are you doing? You need to stop." And my buddy tells the story of all of a sudden he turned and he could hear me over on this like main table sitting next to him, just laughing my ass off, like I was giggling. <laughs> so I was like, "This is so insane! It's so crazy! I loved it." I, I, my, my favorite along that lines was I had a buddy of mine, Tom, Tom from Richfield, one of my best friends in the whole wide world was getting married, getting married outside. They weren't going to have a priest or anything. The brother-in-law got ordained by, you know, whatever mm-hmm. .com, you know, so he's up there giving the speech or giving, he's doing the ceremony. Right. And so he's up there and he's starting to break down. It's just such an emotion. I never thought that I'll just say, you know, I never thought that Karen would ever find somebody and Tom comes along and it's so great. You know, and everybody's yeah. like, what the, and all of a sudden the father of the bride just starts laughing out loud because his son-in-law <laughs> is bawling, you know, up there giving it. And, so it was, and I can still picture the day because everybody, Oh, what a sweet thing. And then the father-in-law just starts laughing at him because he's balling up there. So was, I thought that was pretty funny. Have you guys ever given a speech at a wedding before or not? It, it might shock you yes. that one of the longest speeches at my wedding was actually my yeah. my speech that I gave. I had like a four pager written out making sure I think everybody terrible. Yeah. But so you gave a speech at your own wedding. Yeah, of course. Oh, See, I think that's bullshit. I think it's 10 seconds. Thank you, everyone, for coming. You're not supposed yep. to be saying anything else. Nope. Right. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Have everybody. A great time. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Thank the venue. Yeah. Can you imagine? Now, Aaron, I want to preface this by saying I do love you. But can you imagine being Aaron's son, right? And your dad gets up to give a wedding speech. Here's Aaron giving a wedding speech at his son's wedding. And this speech starts by talking about, oh, this is so great. And we've had so many memories. And I'm so proud of my son. And then it ends with him talking about like, well, yesterday for lunch, I did go and get a meatball sub at one of my favorite sandwich places <laughs> in the Bay Area. like a slow clap afterwards. Yeah. Like people are just like, yes, yeah. yes. People want to know that stuff, for. man. They want to know. Also, I had to double back really quick. The wedding I was at last weekend did play Fat Bottom Girls before they played Fortunate Son. So shout oh, out to that great, DJ great okay. for playing Fat go. Bottom Girls because that got the dance floor moving. I just, I don't know why the CCR came in when it did. I just don't get how you would dance to Fortunate Son. It doesn't, no, I mean, it's doesn't not. Even... I mean, what do you do? It was, yeah, it was an awkward moment. Suzanne, what are your thoughts on wedding speeches? Have you ever given a wedding speech or been been at one with a, an uncomfortable one? Well, I have been a wedding singer. I've been asked to sing what? at a few weddings and that was not oh, too pretty. Um, and then at one of those weddings, the bridesmaid, the maid of honor gave kind of a bad speech. So the bride pulled me aside and said, could you please, please, please do a speech? This so story is made up. This is a, a made up story speech. by Suzanne. No. She <laughs> saved I did, the wedding. I, she I saved made a it. speech. It was short and it was punchy and it was funny. 
And the bridesmaid was so pissed at me. She gave me the evil eye and I had to hide for the rest of the wedding. I would have been pissed too. Yeah. You can't jump in and steal her thunder. It's kind of like this podcast that I'm sort of like, now I'm the main host and Rob is like fading (laughs) into the background. You're you're a closer. We're calling you in. I can imagine Suzanne's like, and that was my speech. And now it's time for me to sing Fortunate Son. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
They're really funny. They're not as pretty as you. Boom. Like that's, that's, that's the move. And you move on. You don't say like, Oh, Hey, it looks like she wants some mozzarella sticks. Like that's not. But also, Suzanne, did you get enough wine? One bottle is not enough for how many people were there? Five? No, I did Six? not get enough wine. And that's no. probably part of the problem. <laughs> the cheap yeah. bastard only paid for one Chilean <laughs> bottle. Like you're going to three at least. To so what, 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 was the ultimate, uh, what was the ultimate rating of the, of the guy? Was, did well, he pass? interestingly, she never asked us our opinion. Now, if that were me, the second mm, the dude or whatever, the person left, I would be like, okay, one to five. What do you think? I, I got to give five. you a warning here. You you may not be aware of this. She may not be using you guys for your opinion on this person. She may be using you guys as like, hey, I actually have some friends. That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. hey, this guy needs to impress us. She may be, be doing this other way around. She's just like, I just need to show that I have some friends. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe this guy's an awesome dude. And she's just like, I just need to like... I'm not looking for your approval. I'm not looking for that. I'm just, I need to show them that like, Hey, I've got, I've got people out there. Well, yeah. Sarah and I have gone on multiple, multiple, like couple dates with the friends worst. of ours who now, who now worst. have a new boyfriend or new girlfriend. And literally it's like, Hey, I just need some normal people to go out with. Cause these people over here, my roommates are a disaster or my other <laughs> friends, I can't take them to a fancy place or, you know, things like that. Like, Multiple times. I mean, this this summer, a couple times, I went golfing with a guy, and he's a great dude. But like, the only reason I got it was like Sarah, and then this this gal she works with, um, her new boyfriend, and they're engaged now, kind of a thing. But congratulations! You know, it's like, oh well, this dude needs some friends. Will you? Will Matt go golfing? Will you let Matt go golfing with him on Saturday? And so then I got to go golfing. It was fine and all this, but you know, only only so that. They can prove that they've got some friends. I think you're onto something, Russell. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask Suzanne is, and I could kind of use this advice too. Like, had they only been dating for a few weeks, a few yeah. months? How long are we talking for? Yeah. And like, maybe you can give me advice. Like, at what point when you're seeing someone do you go and you take them and you introduce them to your friends? Is that like how far into until you do that? I found this to be a little early. I think this was only like three or four weeks in. I think mm-hmm. I think six weeks is the exact time. Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I just and I just picked a random number, but it sounds good. I'm going to stick. Well, with that's it. three weeks longer right. than I've ever had any woman talk to me. So I, I still, someday I'll get there and invite you guys out for dinner. So, but was the wine any was the wine any good that he chose? It, it was it was fair, but you know what? Some of some of us at the table know a lot about wine, and we could have really helped with that decision. In fact, made that decision. There are yeah. those of us at the table who really don't know about wine, and I'm one of those people. But some of those women really knew their shit. So okay. just lay back and let them do their that. thing. Yeah. Trying to do a just clean show. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I should tell this story, but I'll tell it anyways. Mm, I, I okay. have no, made no, a similar. Russell, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I have made like a similar story. faux pas, if you will, a mistake. It wasn't ordering wine, but I actually, I was, this was years ago. I was dating this woman and we went out on a date with her nice. friends. First time I had met her, the friends, similar type of thing, Suzanne. And we can't, the bill came, it wasn't like super expensive or anything, but the bill came and it just sat there for a while. And there were four of us and it just sat there for like, you know, five minutes. And finally I just took it and put my credit card in. I was like, Oh, I can just, it's, I'll just get it. And someone saw it and like kind of snapped at me and said, you are not paying for this whole thing. Like, and it it became a whole thing. But so that, that was the time I feel like I overstepped my bounds. I tried to pay for pay for too much one time. No, I don't. I think you were very polite. If no one picks yeah, it up for five thing. minutes, that's just weird. Yeah. Keep Who's it moving. snapping at you about yeah. that. Go cram it. Like this bill's been sitting here. Russ is taking <laughs> charge. Russ it. is a take charge, dude. 
You know what I mean? Like he's, 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 you know, he's, I'm trying to think of a dirt joke that's not dirty and I can't do it. When I played basketball in like high school in the intermural league, that's all I did was take charges. I had no other skills. <laughs> I just stayed there and let people run over my ass. And besides Russell, you can, you can act like a baller, right? You throw that credit card down. Yeah. They run it. You make a huge, give them a huge tip. Nope. Then you no. just run right home and you just, uh, you know, Cancel the you charge. Slip them, them, his no. slip them the gift card. On I don't your way think in. that's a baller move, though, because Suzanne, <laughs> the guy that was out with you, he maybe he you. thought it was a baller move to order wine for everyone. Like he may have thought that that was a good move, right? He may have, but he was wrong. Oh Dumb no! Shit. Well, I don't. I just yeah. don't want uh, anybody to order for me. Like, for example, when I right. go out with Rob, and mm-hmm. the the server comes by and he's like. Oh, can we have more chips? She's really hungry. She wants to eat more chips. And I'm like, you're the one that said you wanted more chips. Yeah. Or <laughs> so you go not- through a drive through with Aaron, he's like, we're going to have two filet fishes and yeah. a couple milks, please. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, real quick, we have to call the cops. We've been told that we have to call the police anytime anybody orders that combination. They're going to come out and do a psych eval on you. Uh, no, I have ordered a drink for Suzanne before, and she did flash me a look. because she Even in jest, I know what she's going to have. I, I said, oh, and she'll have blah, blah, blah. And she flashed me a look that was straight daggers. It was not good. I should not have done that. But you know what, guys? You know me. I never, ever apologize. Rob, enough about us. Let's talk about you for a little Do while. Do any of you guys fuck with buttonfly ah. jeans? What? Like, what? Oh. I went to the yeah, Levi sure. store, and I tried on some jeans, and one of them was a buttonfly jeans. Love those. I literally <laughs> did not know what I was doing. Like, I couldn't button it. I couldn't get it. The buttons were so small. I was like, I don't know what's I going on. I love buttonflies. What are you talking about? What? You just go take boom, 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 boom. You just rip it off. It's awesome. I, I, no, Rob, I don't have trouble taking pants off. Rob, I got to give you a warning. I don't think they make like super trendy clothes for bigger people because they don't want them wearing them. So my guess is they probably don't have like buttonfly jeans that are going to fit me or you because they don't want us like whoever's making those clothes. They don't want you and I wearing them. They don't want us being the models for them out in the street. I have no idea whether or not these buttonfly jeans fit me because literally it was five minutes of me trying to button the buttons. It's that, and that I was first like, button. Like that first button is a nightmare. It's way down there yeah. in, the, in the bottom of the V. That's hard to do. If you don't have like that real one, dexterity, no, you, sh- you can't you should make never- it that one always stays buttoned. Only open the top two. That's the key. Oh, see, this is okay. That's wise. Yeah, you yeah but when you're packing like you I'm packing, Suzanne, I got to unzip. I got to unbutton all five. <laughs> so good. Okay. Oh, Lord. If I want to pull what uh, what my friends have called Mr. Two by Four out, I've got to unbutton them all. <laughs> oh, you know, that's why I stand. That's why I always stand at the kids' urinal. And you know what? Actually, calling it the kids' urinal, I'm going to edit that out. I only stand at the low urinal. And then when somebody comes in and is like, why are you at the low urinal? I'm like, you know why. What's up? You need a pencil when you're, when you go into the. Exactly. Yeah. We don't, don't, call the kids I don't even urinal. understand what that means, but I don't want to know. Which one of the five of us on this podcast would be least likely to wear button fly jeans? Least likely. Oh, I've got to go with Russell. I cannot see right. Russell fucking with button fly jeans. There's <laughs> what about Matt? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would, he could. He uh, could do those. Yeah, he would be like, "Oh, family, I gotta go. I gotta go button my pants for the next half hour out the garage. Please don't come <laughs> button me." <laughs> I'm sitting on this inflatable couch, looking into the bedroom window. You hear, you hear these unbuttonings happening. Yeah, I would have an. Abs- I would have had an absolute tantrum in the changing room. There's no fucking way I could put up with that. <laughs> A tantrum. <laughs> and you know what? I almost did, Aaron. I thought of you. I almost went home. And, I almost went home and sat in the bathtub. In my yes. Jeans. To see if it was erotic as you said it was after the show where you're like, oh, it's so erotic when you do that. Like, it's so hot. Get the shrink to fits on, man. You're going to feel stupendous. I don't know. I don't think people, people, I have never had anyone come up to me and say, you know what I wish? 
that your pants were tighter. So <laughs> Rob, you well, you went out with the purpose of buying button button up jeans or not? No, this I just your- went out and then they were given to me and I was like mystified. It was like a caveman with like a Game Boy. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Could not use it. Could not do anything. It was pathetic. I think too, they laughed at me. I think they saw me taking the button flies in and they probably like have a camera in there and they just laugh to see. That's, looks that's like. like when you're the big guy and you're at one of the stores and you're like looking at the shirts that are like the ultra slim fit. Mm-hmm. And then they walk by you and be like, nope, that shit's never going to work for that guy. You can look at those shirts all he wants. not going to happen, right? All right. Well, I, I was just going to say I was mystified by the way men's sizing works. We took our son to to go suit shopping and he needed a dress shirt. And they're like, what's his neck size? I was like, what? What, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> neck size, right. They took his neck size and, and that gives you a shirt size? Excuse me? Like that is so yeah. random. Why? Why don't you take my pinky size and give me my shoe size? What? Like, no, I don't get it. Well, because if you have have a tie and, you know, like the standard one, like think think of Rosie and then like my neck is significantly fatter than Rosie's, right? Yeah, we can see We probably wear about the same shirt size, you know, but like I I could not wear a tie. Like if I just went to Banana Republic and bought the shirt off the rack kind of a thing, like it fit me, but if I had to button up the tie and then... I'd be choking to death, you know. I like that. So I like I can see the visceral disgust in Matt's face just thinking about wearing a tie. I tied a tie last week and it took me three tries. I was pretty proud. Only three tries. Nice. What's your knot style, Aaron? I don't fucking know. I think it's a single Windsor. I'm not sure. I I usually go on YouTube. Yeah. It's just the simplest one possible. Have you ever tried to do a bow tie? Have you guys ever tried to do a bow tie? No. No. What kind of pompous assholes do you think we are? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe uh, somebody I know bought a bow tie because I thought it'd be really cool (laughs) and then spent about, oh, I don't know, a day and a half trying to tie one off YouTube. And it turns out it is impossible to do. It is not not worth it. I have an 18. I had an 18 inch neck in high school and my dad used to call me pencil neck because it was smaller than his like I'm in the family of like huge necks like yeah you're you're like the only guy who could who doesn't have to order the big and tall section in the family you're getting getting picked up for it I'm still known as little Rob in my in my when I go to family functions they're like hey little Rob I'm like yes this is what I like more of this please well yeah because Suzanne was like what size suit what does a size suit coat mean and I was like, I actually have no idea what it means. I just know it's that I'm like chest size 56. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's like 40, whatever, and that's your chest size. You were a 56, Rob? Jesus, I guess that's why you bench press 400 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it's Damn. true, but I'll tell you what, after after this meet, I am having to cut down 20 pounds to 308. So Ooh. I would assume my next 12 rolling goings are going to be about me trying to lose weight. It's going to be an absolute disaster. I guess that those chips, rough. those chips will be for me this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just order them for you and then watch you eat them and like zap myself as I do it. So I don't ever, ever. Suzanne, I will say, I will say real quick, real quick. I will say that when I finally figured out that like tailors are a real thing and there's something that you should actually spend a little bit of money on, you know? So like if your True. son has one suit that's tailored, mm-hmm. that's probably better than anything you can do, you know, in terms of trying to figure out a size or something. So tailors are absolutely worth it. But I didn't realize that till about two years ago. So <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. Sharing knowledge. <laughs> All right. Let's get into oh, the album. Oh, the what? Part of the show. Let's talk I thought that was a good album. point, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut it. So I have there was, I played that because there's a clip there of, of Rosie saying, I think it's my favorite part. But then Rosie was talking over it anyway, so it made no, absolutely no sense. So well, let's play it again. This is going along. Let's just play, let's play it one more time. <laughs> I refuse to play it again. Oh, Listen, you we are talking about this Jack is my and favorite part. Pill. I love this shit. Alanis Morissette had a career that few people could relate to. She started her music career at 
age of 12 in Canada. She sharpened her singing and writing skills as a Paula Abdul-type singer and dancer. Her first album went platinum, and she toured with Vanilla Ice for a bit. The release of her second album sold half as many copies, and she was unceremoniously dumped by her record company. This prompted a move to Los Angeles, where she met producer and songwriter Glenn Ballard, and over the course of 20 sessions, they wrote and recorded Jagged Little Pill. They shopped the record around, but the only company to bite was Maverick Records, Madonna's boutique record company. However, Atlantis became a household name as soon as her first single, You Oughta Know, was played on K-Rock, and the video became an instant MTV favorite. The album got more popular as she embarked on an 18-month tour, producing six singles, lasting on the Billboard Top 200 for over a year. It ended up winning the Grammy for Best Album and becoming a record that every 1990s high schooler owned and could relate to as they dated and broke up, sometimes driving away fast as you ought to know, blaring for their 1984 Pontiac Bonneville. Let's listen to Jagged Little <laughs> Pill. I got to say, guys, this record is a straight-up 100% certified banger. Top Listen to those first notes. Yes. It's like Dylan and Petty, and then she's no, going to do her own thing. No, her harmonica is way better than Bob Dylan's harmonica. <laughs> it's not even, they're not even in the oh. same. Category. And then there's kind of like Eastern influence. Like, oh, it's so good. You know what? You know what I thought when I heard this? I thought of Matt. Matt always talks about sometimes albums, like the first song, it gives you, you know exactly what you're going to hear on this album. And when I heard this, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to hear on this album. Like, it, it just banger after banger, like commercial hits all across it. I knew exactly what I was going to hear. I thought of you, Matt, when I was listening to that first yeah, song. Yeah, even, you know, and I don't listen to lyrics, but even that first <laughs> lyric, right? <laughs> to have a female say, do I stress you out? You know, from yeah. what, from what was, what music was, right? In like the late 80s, early 90s, all the dance hits and pop and all that stuff. Like there wasn't, I mean, and there's obviously some crossover, right? But there wasn't like this grungy um, long-haired female who's wearing baggy clothes and has like yeah. some vans on and stuff like that. You know, that you just didn't see that, right? I mean, you saw Courtney Hole who was wearing dresses and all sorts Courtney of makeup Love. and Courtney Love. I'm sorry, yeah, Courtney Love wearing makeup and all that stuff. But this was completely different. And you and you, you're exactly right. You got exactly what it is right from the first note and then the first line of the of the album. So, Suzanne, are you a huge Alanis fan, or why are you joining us tonight? Well, <laughs> apparently, I'm only allowed to speak about women because uh, Rob only invites you for that. Doesn't <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. I'm only qualified yeah. to speak about women, so <laughs> I guess that means you guys are only qualified to speak about men. So I, I'll do the talking from here We're on. Not in. Qualified about shit. Here. Yeah, <laughs> main, new main host. No, I yeah, no, I definitely list. Did you guys all listen to this for the first time for this podcast? Let's be honest. No, no, man, these no. are these are commercial okay, hits few, from when we were teenagers. I, these no, are, I'll tell the this truth. Is this is full of hits. I know all of the singles because they were on the radio for our whole life, but I had never listened to this album. And I, we texted about this. I had never heard her actually say the word fuck or chicken shit or any of that. Yeah. All I heard were the radio edits. So yeah, for me, this was the first I've heard the full the album. Nine me, nine me, 69 me. Right, none yeah, of that stuff. Know. And then you texted us boner alert. And I, we've told you, don't text us that. We don't like it when you send that. Because you send us that play of fish and milk too. And you're like, boner alert. And I was Truth, like, hey. I, I, and then, and I actually should have sent my, my wife tonight instead of me, because she knows the whole album front to back, full thing memorized. Yeah. And I, oh, I yeah. only knew the, I only knew the singles. This album was a stay in the car CD for my sister. Like for the entire time she was in high school. This was the album that was in her car. I heard this album millions of times with her. Suzanne, what's what's your thoughts? On, what's your like? What's your history with this album? Well, um, yeah, no, I love it. It was it was great. It's it's a it's it's a woman singing about 
all the feelings and all the, you know, all the moments. And it just really hit something in me. You know, when she Mm -hmm. came out with this, the Rolling Stone magazine put her on the cover and wrote angry white female, you know, and people Mm -hmm. just called her angry and all this. And she said, this is just me being expressive. So if a woman mm-hmm. is angry, we get targeted, we get labeled. You you all, I educated you all about the Madonna horror complex. You know all mm-hmm. about that now. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but anyway, so this is a woman who's empowered, taking ownership of her sexuality, and she's allowed to feel all the feelings. And I love that. It's great. And I screamed along with her every single moment. I love it. Well, I think, every chorus, every chorus wails on this album. Yeah. That's why every chorus just destroys. Yeah. So, right. I, I can imagine that like the anger might've spoken to you at a certain time in your life, but it doesn't strike me as angry now. Does it, no. does it sound angry to other people? Oh yeah. I mean like it's, this next, this next song, Rob, play the next, I mean, play the next you song. You ought to know. I mean, this is, this is an angry sure. song, yeah. no, the true. you know, but that, this is the first one. So then everybody just. Instantly yeah. lumped her into angry white female kind of a right. thing, and then and I don't I, mean, I don't really. know if any of you guys watched this, but HBO just put out a documentary on Jagged Little Pill and Alanis, and yep. one of the music uh, critics, I guess you would call him, was talking about this, and she gets very known for like this song and being like an, a quote unquote angry singer, but most of her songs aren't of that tone, and it's very right. little of what she's putting out. So I think like she kind of gets pigeonholed, unfortunately, into that lane. When most of her music isn't in that in that phylum, right? Right, and also, what's wrong with a woman who is angry? What what happens is we get what what do you call an angry woman? That's what the whole B word, bitch, is, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a word like that for men? Hmm. No, I wonder why. Yes, I guess man. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit! You just blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You really did. What? You blew my mind. Okay, here I'll I'll blow your mind again. How many words are there? to say slut in the English language. Yeah, tons. And how many are there for the male equivalent? Oh, it's, it's no, I, I definitely yeah, don't ever get called that. None of us would have been called that. Yeah. We would have no experience yeah. with those words whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> because there's like three versus 45. Infinite. Or more. Mm-hmm. Himbo is the only one I can think of. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't actually supposed to think of the word. <laughs> that, that you ought to know, though, is an absolute jam. I was I was reading yes. somewhere that how she kind of had recorded it once, and then I don't know if it was Flea and Dave Navarro heard it, and they kind of came in and played bass and played guitar on it. But, like, that song is just an absolute jam, isn't it? So good. Well, listen this to this record, just top to bottom. It's just Listen, you know. listen to the bass on this song. I, I was blown away listening to this. I don't know if it's the remaster or what. This entire album is crystal clear. It's one of the best produced albums we've had yet. It sounds so good. Let's just listen to the bass. Like, you need, oh, of course. This is a headphone album. I didn't think it would be. This totally. is a headphone album. It is, yeah. Definitely is. But the bass on this is jamming the whole time. I mean, well, Flea can, I mean, Flea can lay it down, right? Like, we know that. Oh, totally. It's, it's just incredible. Next up, we have Perfect. This, every time I heard this, it got me thinking about somebody I've never heard Atlantis related to, and that's Joni Mitchell. This was huge Joni Mitchell vibes for me. She does a lot of Joni Mitchell-esque stuff with her voice mm-hmm. where she floats up into the stratosphere and then, I mean, the, the big range. Like, yeah, I think there's that's a lot. exactly what my wife Eileen said when we were listening to this. Yeah, it, 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 this sounds just like, I, and I think it has to do with Hold the... Hold on, wait right here. Hold on. There's a part where all of a sudden she gets just a little bit. You can hear the. Oh, we got to find it. You know, 
Hold on. Oh, I don't know where we got to find it, but like all of a sudden you hear it and she gets just a, gets just a little bit. You can just hear a little bit of angst come into her voice yeah. a little bit. And it's just, it's great. And again, they talked about it on that HBO documentary that, you know, the person that was at the Maverick record company, that's, this is the song that he heard first. And all of a sudden when her voice does that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, well, that's different, you know, because again, right. like you've got this cookie cutter, either you're a great voice, Whitney Houston, or yeah. you're a Janet Jackson, you dance and you're performing all this stuff. And this is completely to me, you know, like the mainstream uh, cornfields, middle America, this is completely new, right? Like yeah. this is just a different kind of music. And it just, I think it, it hit everybody, at least the circle of people that I was in, it hit them, hit them hard as like, oh, well, I don't have to listen to Janet Jackson anymore. Like this is what I can listen to, things like this. And so and I, don't I, know, think, I think I, I like what you're saying, Matt. I think you hear her go to imperfect places to make a point. And I think then maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm wildly generalizing here, but I feel like in a super simplex, simplistic sense, you know, this happened pretty soon. Auto tune came along. Yeah. You didn't hear that kind of sound anymore. You didn't hear people go to the limits of their voice. And then we hear Beyonce do it on Sandcastles. Right. And it, I'm sure it happened in between, but it, for me, those are like yeah. two big, you know, signposts. And again, I, I, I knew this album very well, you know, before watching the documentary, but you hear the documentary and maybe we'll get into it a little bit about third, how third best selling you know, album of the nineties right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so she, she was this, yeah. she was the Debbie Gibson of Canada, right? That's what they called her. So perfect hair, dancey tunes, supposed to be on radio, things like that. Right. Everybody was telling her what to do. You know, she wrote a lot of her songs, but the reason that she got cut by her former label is that she wanted to start writing different songs. They yeah. wanted radio songs. Right. She wanted to write something like Jagged Little Pill. And she was pushing back against that. So I think half of this is, you know, I don't have to make a perfect song. And to your point, Rosie, it's intentional that she's making these different leaps into different kind of, you know, like I'm not don't put me in a box kind of a thing. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And this is what came out as, again, Russell said it, the third best selling album of the 90s. And I think the sixth best selling album of all time and maybe the second best by a female, if I had my information correct. You know, all time. So yeah, this thing's a monster. It's huge. The whole time I was listening, I couldn't believe it's this low on the list. We'll get into that later. I mean, it's not quite ratings time yet, Russell. But oh, this song here, like this, is bringing me right back to being a teenager, and I loved it at the time. And you listen to it now, it's even better. I'm just overwhelmed by this album. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Well, I think a lot of this, some of these lyrics, they make a lot more sense to a 40 year old than they do like a 13 or 14 year old, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But, but that's wild because she was like, she was like 19 when she wrote this. I mean, that's right. wild. I have a quiz for you guys. So Uh-oh. she's always talking about Suzanne, Rob, Aaron, Matt. She's got one hand in her pocket and the other hand is doing other things. I want to see if you can get the five things that she is doing with her other hand. There's one hand in her pocket. Okay. What is she doing with the other hand? Can you get all five? Okay. All let's right. start. Uh-oh. Matt, name one. Uh, hailing a taxi cab. Okay. Hailing Suzanne? a taxi cab. She is. That is correct. Suzanne, yep. give us one more. Holding a cigarette. Holding a cigarette. It's actually flicking a cigarette, flicking a but cigarette. I'll give you credit. Flicking a cigarette. Oh, I would have missed that. Uh, Aaron, what do you got? Playing a piano. Playing the piano is correct. That's All right. Still have one. There's two nice more. Up. Okay. And I'm going to go just like me at Thanksgiving when I wanted some of that pumpkin pie. I was making a peace sign. Throw me a piece over here. You know what I'm Rob about. was given a peace sign. You guys have four or five. Can you get the last one? What was she doing? Uh, giving the middle finger. 
giving a high five. Ellen's oh, got it. She was giving a high, high five. five. High yes. five. Yeah. Wait, yep. she never gives the middle finger on, no, on this song, right? Is there I anything? Mean, she was more symbolic. Giving. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything more satisfying <laughs> than a great high five? Like when you have a high five and it just sticks oh, and it's like. I told you about good. my filet of fish, Rob. Like what? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pictured a high five of the air and after that filet of fish is just all oily and it kind of like you slowly hit each other and then it kind of oozes down his hand you're like oh that was one of the worst leftover tartar sauce on the side of his hand but haven't you ever had like, like a bad years. high five is oh bad my mom news. my, my mom gives the worst high fives oh my god no, no. does she go straight ahead what's, she, the, what's yeah, wrong yeah she with pushes it? forward yeah oh no worse. that's why the that's why the Nux pounds came into it. It's really hard to mess that yeah. up. You got to get true. a good slap in there, yeah. right? It's yeah. got to get a good right. slap. I think a good high five too goes up. <laughs> I think when you <laughs> touch it, you go up. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Like you, you keep high fiving and you add pressure and push up and then you kind of end like an Eiffel Tower. It's good times. Rob and Suzanne, what's the key to a good hailing of a taxi cab in New York? How do you hail a taxi cab in New York? I'm so good at that. You don't even yes. want to know. You're good. How are you good? Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, okay, it so you raise your hand in the air, one finger up, and you got to make oh, yeah. eye contact with the driver. Oh, okay. Because then they can't turn you down, right? Yeah. Like now you've made a connection. Or at least they'll feel bad about or it. Or they'll right? feel sad, yeah. No, what I, I do is I, I let somebody else hail and then I just hop right in. And I say, excuse me, I'm a very important businessman. Okay, off to Wall Street, please. And then as soon as I get in, I'm like, please, no, I'm going to the frozen yogurt place. Quick, I got to get there. I've got to record a podcast. I got to get there right away. Right through you. So this was a song basically to all the uh, record companies that didn't sign her and kind of holding a grudge against them and saying, hey, I'm a zillionaire now. You're going to come crawling back to me. And your name's not in the credits. This is like this has some of the most clever wordplay on the whole album. So yeah. it's not just because she says Y969. Do you think they put this album in 69 just because of this song? Though? Do you think this was like a Rolling Stone trying to be like, we're super I, Absolutely. Yes. Otherwise, it should have been way higher. Way higher. Way higher. Yes. You think they put Alanis Morissette as 69 as a joke? That would be... <laughs> Because she says, that, you took me out to wine that no, in 69 me in this song. To be song. fair, Aaron's not completely fair, off. There was a point where on the previous list, the B-52s were ranked at 152. Uh, <laughs> and so they have oh, done something like this before. Very right, clever, right. It's not impossible. <laughs> Do you guys off, remember when 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 uh, Seabass and Dumb and Dumbers were in that hat that says, wine me, and, dine me, 69 me. But the best part me. is the, the word that she, the lyrics after that, she said, and you didn't hear a damn word I said. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the night probably didn't end with it. Probably was just wine and dine and the rest. Yeah, but how could happen. you? How could you, you know, hear I, what they're saying? Yeah, you're I know, wearing your noise-canceling headphones during that. <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio, you're not going to hear anything. <laughs> Give me my vape pen. I'm doing the Leo don't, style don't over here, babe. I, I think a lot like uh, jacking off standing up. I do think 69 is a young person's game. I don't think there's a lot of couples that are together like 20 plus years. Oh, and they're still like, hey, it's Wednesday night. It's time to 69. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot that's got to be clean. I just don't think a 69 is a real, I think it's just like a movie thing, right? Am I wrong? Am I, how, many, how, many movies, how many movies? Everyone's laughing and Aaron's listening very intently like he's examining this with you right now. I'm thinking like, wait, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Like things got to be clean. That's true. No, I'm just thinking like, obviously this is Rob's Wednesday night thing. Maybe it's just him, but I don't I'm know. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you went right now and said to your spouse, hey, let's 69, I would get laughed at. You got to wine them and dine them. Yeah, you can, You need a better term than that. Like, you can't just be like, let's 69. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I haven't tried it, but. 
Oh, you know Aaron says mutual oral sex. Aaron, that you dog, you dirty dogs, <laughs> using that respectful mutual oral sex. You're so smart. Hey, babe, you want to have intellectual intercourse? <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish this milk and flavor fish. Oh my God, I'm so sick. I can't do anything. I'd have to lie down for two days. Forget about it. Uh, then, I, Do you guys have though, I, I do have some towns that didn't hire me. When I was growing up. What? And I still hold up my middle finger every time I drive through Moose Lake. I mean, I used to be mad about like people who didn't hire me as a singer, but I'm actually not a good singer. So like that, I'm over that. Yeah, it's fine. Aaron, you know, I got to be honest. It really pisses it pisses me off when you say you're not a good singer, like really badly. <laughs> I'm sorry, because Russell. like you're the best singer I know. So when you say you're not good, it reflects on me <laughs> and myself. So could you not do that anymore? That's yeah, that's, that's We don't fair. need to do, do that. Like I went to one of your, I went to like multiple recitals like, to see you sing. So when you say you suck, makes me feel bad about myself. I'm Let's not do it anymore. I'm sorry for choice. wasting your time, Russell. The deal was I didn't make enough sound. I was pretty good. I just didn't make enough sound. Like no one's going to hire me to sing with an orchestra. I just pursued the wrong. I'm sorry, Russell. I didn't mean to offend your sensibilities. Matt. Yeah. Well, I just I want to go back to the song right through because I, I, I heard it a little different than I think you guys are. I, I mean, like, again, listen, watching that documentary. Yeah, as a 15 year old, I think her parents basically like sent her to Toronto, right? Like, mm-hmm. like here you go, here's your career. Wow! And she was absolutely taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, I think professionally, and then you know socially as well. I mean, and she never comes out says that she was yeah. raped, anything like that. But she absolutely Wait, she was, was taken I advantage. That happened. Did she? I don't know if she did. I, I, I think I, it's very much implied in the documentary. Very much implied. Yeah, and that's why I, I want to make sure that's implied, right? But this whole thing about the seeing right through you, like after she's 15, you know, she just starts to like re- think that this is just normal. And then she mm-hmm. kind of comes to a place where she says, this is not, you know, this is absolutely effed up. You're right. And now she's starting to see right through all these people like, oh, yeah. you want to take me out to dinner? And, you know, again, wine me, dine me, 69 me. Kind of, you know, you want to you want to play cool. Oh, yeah, I'm your best friend. And then you want to, you know, try to take take me back to your hotel room, things like that. Like, I think she's absolutely like has grown up really fast. Mm-hmm. in a really shitty environment. Yeah. You know, and a lot of these mm-hmm. songs are coming out. Um, and she as was, like she a, was in an all male, you know, all the, all the other um, instrumentalists were men. Um, she yeah. was surrounded by guys, older, older men. And I read something about how this song was possibly about when she was a 14 year old, um, a, an executive at a record company took advantage of her or assaulted right. her. I'm not sure the details mm-hmm. and that this song may God, be yeah. about that. It, 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 I, I highly recommend people need to go check out the HBO documentary about it. It just came out a, a week or so ago, but there's part of it too, where you were talking about like her band all being men. So that she's backed by four, um, the, all, her whole band is men. And an, an interesting part of the documentary, they're talking about how they're out on the road and she's singing these songs that have like all these me- like real meaning to people about like her independence. Uh, I think it's her having a voice, right? But she's singing all these songs and then she's got these four bandmates that are just like picking up groupies left and right. Yeah. And so there became like a tension on, on the tour at some point where it's like, I'm singing these songs. I've got all these girls coming to my concert and then I've got four bandmates behind me that are out like trying to pick up every yeah. groupie they can. It's just Oof. kind of a weird dynamic, but yeah. everyone has to check out the documentary. It's a, it's a good, a, interesting to watch. You will view that. You will listen to the music differently. I think, Matt, you kind of reference it. Yeah. You hear it differently. You listen to it differently once you watch that. Did they send the drum machine out on tour with her too, or what? Because that that that's an unofficial fifth member of this band. Like, there's so much drum machine in this album. Like, if the drummer was picking up groupies, people weren't listening to the music. <laughs> no, the drum machine was also picking up groupies, and that was part of the problem. Okay, because it was kind of a robot <laughs> it was a type her drum machine. situation. 
Yeah, it walked around, you know. <laughs> but again, like the the band was a touring band, right? Yep. So like so yeah, musicians yeah. That, that created the whole thing. And then they had to like, oh, we got to find four people to be mm-hmm. my backup band, essentially. So, you know, there's even some tensions there. Like, no, this is, you know, this is my shit. You know, I you, I hired yep. you to just be at my tour. She's the you boss. You know, that kind of a thing, you right. know. And so, but as a 19-year-old, she had to learn to be a boss, yeah. right? People are telling her, like, you got to be a boss. Well, you know, I think she absolutely. You listen to this album and you realize it's written by a 19-year-old and you're blown away until you realize that that's like her seventh year in the music industry. Like, right. she's she was exactly. a veteran by then. It's Yeah, this is her third album, right? Yeah. Here we have Forgiven. Oh, my God. She turns it out on this one. Holy shit. This is all about the guilt of her growing up Catholic and then kind of going through all this stuff. Rob never went blind for the things he did. Rob, Suzanne, so there's a Broadway musical in New York right now. Jagged Little Pill, have you guys went to see the musical at all or not? My wife did with her friend. And she said that I should never, ever go see it because, as she said, there are a lot of emotions in it. And she knows oh, that when man. things have a lot of emotions, I don't do well. Every year, every year. What do you that, mean you don't do well? That Google <laughs> ad comes on, right, where they're giving us a year in review and they're like, it makes you cry like crazy. It's like, here's all the big news things. Here's all the really sad things. Here's all the really happy things. It's like, a, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like a three-minute Google ad. I don't care if you know what I'm talking about or what. No. It's, it's the saddest thing. And then at the end, it just goes, Google. Oh, yeah. And I, I always tell my yeah. kid, I go, look at these ads trying to get emotional. And then it's for like Duracell batteries. It's, <laughs> it, I don't need that shit. I am not buying fucking batteries because you are talking about how much you're helping people. I am buying. Uh, that's not what I want. I do not play with my emotions. I get the same way when I go to like a musical. If it's emotional or sad or talking about angst, I don't well, need it. Well, if you like this album, then you are comfortable with emotion. Ooh. Well, I'm comfortable you, with you emotion. Okay. <laughs> I I, I I have all my emotions all the way from angry to mad, right? Like those, I, I have the whole span of emotions. You're a man. Yeah, I, I, I can dial into those at any time, okay? And if something strange happens, I don't know how to feel, I just shove it down. And guess what? It eventually goes away. It's not a big deal. So when, when, <laughs> when Rob, when I went out to visit Rob in New York, Suzanne also didn't come to meet me. That was kind of unfortunate. I was not even invited. Yeah. Rob and Suzanne that. both didn't come to meet me the one night because Rob got too drunk on Halloween. Rob didn't even night, tell me you were around. there. A- and I saw, I saw, I walked through Broadway and I saw the jagged little pill. I saw the, the, the arena. What do you call that? The theater. Yeah, it's an arena. That. And, um, I read that they, that, that has got 15 Tony nominations the year it premiered. And I yep. believe it was about 2018, but I thought we could maybe do a list oh. about the greatest songs ever that have inspired Broadway musicals. Could we do a list? Oh, I would we love to You know, we can do a list. I definitely wasn't surprised by this. Oh, another list about Russell and his Broadway shows. Okay. Cause I just went to Oklahoma a week ago. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the Broadway plays. Right Broadway guy now. Let's, Russ, Russ, right. let's be clear. The guy who just said he's way into Broadway plays is the same guy that last time was thinking about taking off at intermission, but he was sitting yes. up front. So he couldn't leave. It was really long. It was really long. It was violent. It was long. These winds keep coming down these planes. Forget about it. All right. First song on the list. This is from a band who just put out a new song. This is ABBA, Mamma Mia. Check this song out. Oh, right. They got a new album out. See, now this musical I loved. No emotions whatsoever. Humor, great music. I'll take it. Right up my alley. Didn't have to think. Didn't have to feel. Loved it. Rob, it ran on Broadway 14 years. Made it the ninth longest running show in Broadway history. It's yeah, ninth longest. And it should. ABBA fucking rocks. The fact that we haven't had an ABBA album yet is a disgrace. 
You put on their greatest hits. It's some of the greatest songs, most singable songs. They are straight up bangers. That's the I greatest love it. Hits. Have you ever listened to a whole ABBA album? I haven't either. So I mean, I can't say. But are you guys ABBA people or ABBA? I call it ABBA. ABBA, it ABBA? yeah, probably, probably ABBA. ABBA. Oh, I think I, I said ABBA because that's what Rob said. I say, that's how I say it. He's the main host, man. I got to get on board. I got in trouble last week for talking while he's talking, so I got to just do what Rob does. <laughs> I, I hear you. You know what? I got in tr- I got in trouble today for eating milk duds. I mean, <laughs> I, I got uh, you know a, a thought in my head that I like something. I don't know. You guys are bringing up a strange feeling in me called regret. Well, time to shove that down. Uh, that's on Abba's fault, right? If we don't know how to pronounce her name, that's their fault. Get a real name, guys. Yeah, definitely get a real name. <laughs> They are, I saw they are doing like Trading they just released like this new album, right? Here. And they're doing a concert. Have you guys seen their with doing avatars? A with yeah, with like with avatars. Like yeah. they're not even. It's their old selves. Wait, did you guys say avatars? <laughs> avatars. <laughs> oh, no, avatars. Are they not avatars. called avatars? They really missed out if they're avatars? not avatars. So they're avatars. dressed. Are you telling me they're dressed like those big blue people, and then they have sex by putting their tails together? I gotta go see this ABBA show right now. My understanding is it's the singers, but they're they look like they looked forty years from ago because I don't think they've released an album in like thirty or forty years. And yeah, it's, it, so, right. so you go to a concert and you see them from forty years ago singing these songs now. That's just sad. I mean, that yeah. says a lot about how we feel about age. Just bring them out. Come on. Right. And it's not like your wife wants to get a pillow with a picture of you on it when you were twenty five, <laughs> and as a Christmas gift, like a full size pillow. That's not what's happening in my house. So. <laughs> What? It's my avatar. She's like, this is a pillow that looks like you. And it's soft. Just like, and I'm like, okay, okay I get it. Next up on the list, this one also won a Tony. This is Billy Joel moving out inspired oh. a Broadway musical. Tony winning. This is an absolute jam of a song. This ran for three years from 2002 to 2005 on Broadway. And actually, these guys, I never knew this. These are called jukebox musicals. Did you know that? I yeah, did not know that. Jukebox oh, yeah. musicals, where essentially Ooh, it's featuring that. music from an album on Broadway. I thought Ooh, that was Billy cool. Joel. Billy Joel, very important in my life. When do we? When do we get to Billy Joel? Don't, don't don't look it up. Hopefully someday before this. Don't worry, Matt won't. Apart. We've asked him like three times in the last three shows. It looks up, Billy and then Joel. he just kind of sits <laughs> right? there. He just stares. Oh, yeah, off but I won't be. Distance. I won't be allowed to speak about him because he's not female. Oh, so, right. You know, know what, Suzanne? We'll have you on the bill. See, from this New is York. what happens. <laughs> He's a New York guy. Maybe you could come on for that. Oh, oh yeah. We'll invite him. <laughs> have you ever seen Billy Joel in concert I, or not? I have I you haven't. ever s- seen his Russia show where he was in Russia and he kept yelling at them to turn down the house lights? Because he didn't want to see the audience that he was singing to. Oh, it's one of the funniest shit. Because he's, well, he's like, he's like got- that's what it's all about. Turn off the fucking house lights. That's moving it up and out. What the fuck are you doing with the lights? Turn that shit down. And it's just like screaming during the song. I got so such a- it was kind of like, it was kind of like you could picture him as like a parent. Like, right? I guess what I'm moving. What are you doing over there? What are you supposed to be doing right now? You told me you had homework to do. That's it. Well, Suzanne, you can come back in uh, 100 albums because 169 is The Stranger. Ooh. By Billy Joel. That's the only one. Yeah, there was like five weeks. on the last on the last list. Wow, the next. I think he was like a top. He might have been like fifty one or fifty two on the last list, but all the way down so, to one sixty. Suzanne, Thanksgiving twenty twenty three. We'll see you then. This is yes. going to be a great time. <laughs> this show is definitely yeah. still going to be going. We won't have quit by then, and all not, not talk to each other. Not we're we're going to make it through. Well, if you get rid of the L and Billy Joel, you get Billy Joe, who is the lead singer for Green Day, oh, and Green Day actually had. American Idiot had a Broadway show. Tony Award winning. Did you guys know that? Oh, yeah. It's huge. Is it big, Rob? Yeah, it was. When uh, this came out, I actually prayed. So I was in 
I was in uh, a bridge league in Vermont. I played competitive bridge in the league. Oh, God. How competitive oh, was it? Uh, well, it was com- Rob, talk about bridge one more time. It was, com- <laughs> it was competitive <laughs> Can enough. Can we not go one episode without Rob talking about his fucking bridge league? <laughs> hey, how about you guys play the dummy and you don't get to say anything? And I will tell you. Uh, this conversation trumps what you're doing. Uh, so here's the deal is that I played competitive bridge. I got my ass kicked routinely by multiple 70 year olds, but one of them, they did have a grandkid who's was like a stagehand for the show, American idiot. And he said that the kid said that the green day guys were just some of the nicest people you could ever meet. Like they just were great on the show. They did a great job handling it. Well, it turns out that the producer because everyone thought that that was going to flop on Broadway, but it turned out to be really successful. And it turns out the producer for American idiot on Broadway, was also the producer that helped bring Jagged Little Pill to Broadway. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, okay. They've got it. Okay. They've got to figure it out there. They, they just take the albums they that know. they fucking yeah. loved in the nineties. They're like, I, here's what I'm picturing, right? I'm picturing yeah. that a person comes in off the street. <laughs> like, this is the next musical that you're, you're like, this is good. You're going to go to the thing and have to sit there to the show and be like, mm, yes, this does relate to this person's life. We should give them a Tony for this. That was a good bit. Don't look on like that. I was just listening to the song, man. I like the drums on that one. Okay, this was the song I was going to pick. What about a musical about this? You could play all of Eiffel 65's hits. It would be the shortest musical of all time. <laughs> yeah, there would be in. no intermission. I wouldn't have to worry about trying to leave early. I'd just be like, this song sucks. We're out of here. You Is go in there. You sit there. You're like, okay, well, see you guys later. That was great. Did we finish Russell's list already? No, next up on the list <laughs> is this is the lead song from a very, very popular uh, musical that started in 2005. It's still playing. The musical is Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. The first song in Rock of Ages is Come On, Feel the Noise by Quiet Riot. Oh. Have you guys seen Come? Have you seen Rock of Ages or not? No. No. Yeah, that, that was a movie came out with Tom Cruise, right? Well, it's also a Broadway musical that was nominated for a Tony for Best Musical. Now, can you guys tell me, and I and I swear to God, I'm not making a joke here, okay? I'm, take, please take this as seriously as you can. Why is Come On, Feel the Noise spelled C-U-M? Feel the just said bad spellers. N-O-I-Z-E. Did they, like, you can't just spell come like that and not have some sort of ulterior motive, right? <laughs> Well, no, right. I, I know when I sent oh Rob my, my list, I spelt it the way I thought it should be spelt, and I noticed that the YouTube link was spelled differently yeah. with the word "come." That's a that's a legit one. I mean, the, originally until they were sued by Domino's. I mean, because come on, feel that noise is that was too much. They couldn't do that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the noise because you bust. All right, oh, last no. song on the list. <laughs> Last song on the list, Suzanne this, almost laughed at that one. No. Oh, I this almost passed musical. out. Oh, I almost laughed so hard I passed out. Right. Oh. <laughs> Just thinking of his song. little clay face and his little look of disgust. I'm like, <laughs> avoid, avoid the noise. His <laughs> look of disgust. Just his little sad little clay face as I bust. All right, go ahead. Sorry. The last song on the list. This musical opened in the middle of the pandemic, October of 2019. It closed. It just reopened. We're going to all have to go see this. This is Tina Turner. The song is Proud Mary, oh. which is the last song in the musical. Woo. Jeez. Man, she could rock. Tell me you wouldn't want to go see this. Yeah, my cousin saw this and said it was amazing. 
Man, is the person who plays Tina, can they hit the notes like she does? Or Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Okay. Was Big, it good? Did she say it was good, Suzanne? She said it was amazing, incredible. Aaron, who do you, do you think, Aaron, if I have to ask your professional opinion, do you think that Broadway singers would have a better voice than your average pop star? Like, could you, you could find singers that could sing Tina Turner, right? Because they're better singers than Tina Turner, right? Than a pop star. I don't, that's a hard call. I, I don't know, I don't know enough about Broadway. I mean, I think both Broadway and pop music, people have to look a certain way. They have to be able to move. They probably need some kind of power behind their career. So I, okay. I'm waiting for you to get to one thing that shows I could be a Broadway star. Yeah, you could mm. be a Broadway star anytime. Well, can you dance? Uh, can, can I dance? dance? I, I mean, then you're good. Then you're in. Russell, yeah, let's ask good. Russell that question. Russell, can I dance? You can dance. Then I, was at, a, I was at a wedding this weekend, and I danced the entire time. And when everybody asked me, my, my mother-in-law asked me, my kids asked me, they said, how were you out on the dance floor? I literally was on the dance floor like three and a half hours. That's all I did. Yes. How are you out there this long? And I said, nobody has ever gone on their deathbed and said, oh, I wish I would have danced less. Like, yes. what am I going to do? Am I going to sit at a table and talk to these bozos that I just no. spent the whole dinner talking to? Cut a rug. No. Man. Get on the dance floor. I have been to a wedding before with Rob. It was not this last weekend. Or it may have been this last weekend. But I've been to <laughs> weddings with Rob. Oh, weird. And he does cut up a dance floor. He is out yeah. there the whole time. Got to like, do he it. He is a great dad. His, his daughters are probably out there dancing the whole time. Yeah. He is out there. Making the dance floor yeah, happen. He's a great wedding dancer. I've seen this as dancer. well. I, I can attest to this. This is true. And I can tell you, yeah, Suzanne's seen me chaperone middle school dances. You want to see me cut up a rug. That's when you start dancing like nobody's watching. That's right. Everyone is watching their teachers dance. And you it's cannot so make fun. a mistake or it they will so make fun, fun of you. But that's just, Rob, because you like going up and like breaking up kids. You're like, oh, break it up over there. Break it up over there. <laughs> that's true. That's my favorite thing to do, Russell. You're right. Is breaking up kids, grinding at a school dance. I just love it. Uh, but I will say at this wedding I went to. One of the most offensive things I've ever seen at a wedding happen. And that was, they played, and you're hearing it in the background right now. This is how we do it. And nobody was on the dance floor but Montel Jordan. By Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. I was the only one showing people how to do it. And you know how I started the dance? The same way the video starts. You watch that. This is how we do it video. When the music starts, a guy walks in holding his sandwich way up in the air and going like this with the sandwich as he walks past the camera. It's the same dance move I did. Getting that sandwich up in the air, showing everybody. This is how we do it. We go to a house party. We bring our own sandwiches. We're just, we're rocking. When I go to weddings, I try to watch Rob dance and I live and I learn. You live and you learn. That's, that's how you do it. This is our fifth single off the album. Third in the top ten. Man. I mean, there really is something about having an album sung by a woman and written by a woman. You get this such a unique viewpoint that we haven't gotten on any album really since Joni Mitchell, right? Have we had another, I guess Kate Bush There's was another. There's been plenty of them, but they're just not on this yeah, Two on albums this list. ago we had yeah. one. <laughs> but, but Kate Bush, Patti Smith. Female singer. Oh, well, okay. Hmm. Suzanne, do you have a favorite? <laughs> do you have a favorite song on the li- on the album or uh, so far? Or not what's what's your jam on this one? Oh, what's your man. favorite song? That's that's a really hard question. Ooh. There's a lot of tens, aren't Ooh. there? So true, so true. I don't well, know. Well, speaking of tens, I mean, this is what Aaron's talking about when he thinks about ten. He's bring out ten little toes. He wants to put them in his mouth. He's going to put his head over those feet. Oh, Aaron, once again, not a true thing. Okay, but this, this is for real though. I, what's your I favorite? I love toe? this song. What's your favorite? I love toe? this song. Gotta this be the is the point tone, right? on the album yeah, where I'm like, can we? Can I have a human 
played the drums. I can't do the drum programming anymore. We're only halfway through. I love this album. I'm going to talk about it later, but this like this is screaming out like I want to hear this whole thing. And I'm sorry, I only know male drummers, but I just want to hear the whole thing re-recorded with Bernard Pretty Purdy. I don't want to do the goddamn drum machine anymore. Sorry. I just want I want to say one toe? thing about this song. Oh, I the line, the line. <laughs> I know you do. Um, she <laughs> says, "You asked how my day was, and that's su- supposed to be such a big deal." This this woman, I, I feel bad for her. She and like many women who have been mistreated, it's like this is a song about how great this guy is, and she's fallen in love with him. All he did was ask how her day was. Come on. It's a low bar. Yeah, it's a low, right. it's bar a low bar for, for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need, I'm going to write that down yeah. for the next <laughs> How does that go? How was your day? Yeah. Yeah, how exactly. was your day? That'll, that's, yeah, yeah you got to go up from no, there. No, that's, that's true. That's All right, Mary point. Jane. Mary Jane. So take this moment, Mary Jane. No. This album is so good. Like at first, when I listened to this the first time through, I listened to this numerous times. At first, I was like, "This might be my least favorite one." And then you listen to it a few times, like this song is an absolute crusher. Everything yeah. on this album is destroys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough when you put up a song and then the song after this is ironic. Like oh, it, it makes everything yeah, else look you can't small, really but compete with us, right? Yeah. <laughs> this album. I played this putting up the Christmas tree today. That's how much I enjoyed it. I was like putting up the Christmas tree, listen to Ironic, the perfect holiday. So I once again, like I said, I only know this from the singles. It, what was the biggest hit on this album? Like not not Billboard. I, I mean, I know we could look it up on Billboard, but I couldn't decide for me whether Ironic or You Ought to Know was the biggest hit. I think for me, You Ought to Know is the ubiquitous one, but maybe I'm maybe I'm I off. think there's th- I think there's three or four of them. I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think ironic though is the one. Probably that ironic, is the, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean that video alone. Oh, I mean, they're, well. you know, they've got the car and they've got the four different versions of her. Oh, I there's mean, I nothing think, I would love more than singing along with myself with four different <laughs> outfits, four different hairdos. Like Suzanne, can I interest yeah. you in this time machine idea? Listen, we've been kicking around this idea for a time machine. Okay, <laughs> I like how all of us are going back in time and kissing ourselves. Okay, all yeah. of us, by the way, said that. And Suzanne would go back and sing with herself. I love that idea. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, so, it looks like so much fun. I do have an important story to tell about while we're listening to this song. Yes, so please. the other day, my neighbor, he's an old man and he turned ninety eight, nice. and he actually Whoa. won the lottery. What? And he died the next day. And he turns oh. out he left me all of his money as will. Oh, yes. And so was, tonight I'm celebrating with a gorgeous glass of oaky shard. God damn it. There's a black fly <laughs> in my Chardonnay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, my God. Okay, what Russell, we happening? know that you don't actually have any Chardonnay or a black fly. So what did you replace this with? <laughs> I got red wine. I don't want to yeah. have Chardonnay. So yeah. I'm drinking red wine. There's a fly in it. <laughs> I've got maple syrup and I put a chocolate chip in there. Like I, <laughs> A little too ironic. Oh, all right. Just like me, much of my mom's disappointment, not the doctor. <laughs> Another one. You don't expect this is going to be your one of your favorites yes. of the album, and it's a destroyer. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. yeah. yeah she's and like, I'm not going to fix you. I'm not going to take care of you. She's. This is what feminism is all about. It's like I'm an independent woman. I want to be with you, um, mm. but we're not going to merge as one. I'm not going to take care of you. Take what? me as I am. She wants to be her own person. Yeah. Mm. 
That was deep. That's the smartest thing anyone's ever said. Yeah, in this I mean, podcast. I don't, I don't we should just probably wanna, finish shut, that shit down. Suzanne, that. Yeah, you, these guys are so <laughs> terrified of me. These guys are absolutely <laughs> terrified of me. When you say something profound like that, they are just like, "Please, Rob, shut up! Don't say a word after that. You're, you know, you're going to have to edit out whatever joke you made. Yeah, we figured there was don't a joke do it. coming there. They're acting. They're acting like you and I don't hang out, Suzanne. They're I acting know, like I, know, I don't so say good. things to you where you say, "Oh, please, don't ever say that again to my face." Okay. <laughs> Ah, the lady will have a margarita extra salt, please. Wake up! Oh, no. Matt, you're a construction guy. What do you think of this as the closer on this album? You know, the last two songs, to me, it's the problem that the other ones are so iconic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I think you can just kind of, listening to it now, they kind of drop off for me because they're so iconic. The five or six that that Rosie would know, as he said, because he heard them on the radio kind of a thing. Did you mean ironic? Did I say moronic? <laughs> more ironic? More ironic. That's, yeah. The contraction that, is moronic. You're right. Yeah. Um, no. So it's just, so it, it, listening to it now, it falls off a little bit to me, right? And there's no there's no reason. I mean, I, the, the songs are still great, uh, but I think it just it kind of falls off because I don't know them from listening to them as much as I did on the radio. All right. Let's get into everybody's favorite part of the show because it's the end. But this, this is a pretty good back half. If you think about it, you've got like Head Over Feet. You've got Mary Jane, Ironic. This is all on the B side of the album. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah, that's yeah. epic yeah. B side true. of the album. And right? I love no, Not the right. Doctor. Yeah. This, yeah. this is yeah, one of right. the few albums we've done in the last, I don't know, half dozen where I could say, oh, this is in the top 20. I would easily believe it. This is a almost yeah. a top 10 for me. Like, it's, I, I guarantee next time on this list, it's not going to be Wine'em, Dine'em, 69'em. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, listen, so the rating system, Suzanne, okay? I know you listen every week, and definitely last oh, time yeah. you were on, you oh, didn't uh, fumble this <laughs> completely uh, and not uh, pay attention to what's going on by the end. I think, as you said, I just listened to the parody songs, and then I shut it off. Those are my favorite parts. They're very clever and good. Never said uh, that. Uh, so here's the deal. Is this a rolling well-toned at 69, okay? Everybody thinks this is right where it belongs. 70, ugh, too high. 68, I don't think so. Uh, this is perfect at 69. It is an absolute uh, uh, masterpiece, but not that good. Or is this a rolling groan? Okay, you did not like this album. It should be higher on the list. Now, of course, higher on the list in this case means lower down on the webpage, but it would be a higher number. Okay, actually, it would be higher up on their webpage. So ignore what I just said. It's higher up on their webpage. It's also a higher number. So it all makes sense. Or is this a rolling a rolling, what's my other one? Rolling drone. You fly this thing way up high. It goes up above the city and takes pictures. Rolling drone. Or was it rolling bone? This is never should have been back at 69. We should have covered this way earlier. We should have had Suzanne back as a guest way before this one. This is an absolute disaster. Why is it at 69? It should be at 68, 67, 66, 63. Maybe up in the top 20, like I heard some smart guys say earlier. Uh, Suzanne, uh, let's actually start with you. What do you think? Is this a rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Bone. Why do you say that, Suzanne? Because it's awesome. That it's it's that simple. I think that's uh, that makes and because of course the list does not do justice to the women and people of color. Mm-hmm. But putting all that aside, this album stands alone as just awesomeness. Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Same rolling bone. This thing is an absolute monster. It, as Russell said, it's full of tens. I mean, um, there are so many songs on here that are 
incredible songs, songs that we knew by heart, whether we bought the CD or not. Uh, I got beef with some of the drum programming on it, but all that aside, <laughs> I think that no. uh, no, come on. <laughs> I think I think that this thing is an absolute monster. It's far better than a lot of stuff we've heard. So Rolling Boned. Russell, I'm just picturing like a, I'm just picturing like a Rolling Stone write up, and it's like album's very good, drum machine too much. Everybody's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Russell, what do you think? Rolling well toned, Rolling Boned, or Rolling Grown? Or you know what? I'll this- let you give it a Rolling Drone if you want. <laughs> I'm going to look at it from where you're <laughs> Why does your voice get low? Why does your voice get low with the what? drone? That doesn't make any sense. I think this is obviously a very influential album for a lot of artists. And I think that's a really a relatable album for a lot of people. I think it's probably very relatable for women. But I think if you listen to the lyrics, it can be relatable for everyone. I think the lyrics are great. Bass guitar is amazing. The chorus is just crushed. There's just, there's just commercial hits all over this. How many albums have we listened to so far where there are like, no hits on it. This has got them from top to bottom. This is rolling grown. It should be way higher on the list. And guys, I got a, I got an update for you. This made it into my top five. Oh! This made it into my top five. Wow. So I had to do a, an actual, you guys know I like to do lists. I like to score things. Mm-hmm. The fifth album on my top five was Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. Oh, wow. I went back and I listened to Amy Winehouse, and I listened to this one. I scored every song on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> Amy Winehouse got an 8.27 average. This album here, 8.66. It oh, knocks Amy Winehouse yeah. out. Jagged Little Pill is now in my top five albums of all time. This is Rolling Grown. It needs to be way higher on the list. boned, right? You mean... Rolling bone. Oh no. <laughs> Russell, can I ask you this? Yeah. When you're going on a date in the next couple of weeks, are you going to tell any of your dates about your numeric rating system of different albums comparing Amy Winehouse and Alanis Morissette? Is that going to be a conversation that comes up? Well, Rob, I may or may not have one of my dates participated in my ranking system. Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> Russell, time to go buy a ring because that is the one that person in the it. world who would do that <laughs> with you. Lock it up. Yeah, Seriously. you got to lock that down. Seriously. R- rolling bone way higher on the list. way higher on the list oh i thought you were talking about your date again uh oh, rolling well toned no. rolling bone or rolling grown matt what do you think uh, i think you got rolling boned i think you know we look again the construction of the list as we've brought up numerous times how can you app how can you rank this against uh mm-hmm. you know john coltrane or things like that right well i think you do it by the influence that they have um you know us growing up when we grew up uh, mm-hmm. kind of starting to listen to music in the early nineties, if you will, you know, for me, it's Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers and all of them just got away from hair metal. And I thank God that I don't have to listen to any hair metal anymore. Cause I've got this. Well, to me, this album made me not have to listen to Whitney Houston anymore. You know, I'm, oh. I'm offending oh. Rosie here, oh, you know, things okay. like that, right. but like, you know, the poppy, you know, uh, perfect, um, perfectly constructed albums, you know, that were out there just for radio, things like that. You know, this this album, I clearly remember it. It's just like, yeah, you know, this is great. This is this is what I want to listen to. I don't want to listen to the other stuff. So uh, had a huge influence on my musicality kind of growing mm-hmm. up, if you will. I know we've talked about it at length. I could go on for so much longer to talk about and everything else that was constructed. Again, to Russell's point, go see the or take some time and watch the documentary because it's awesome on HBO. Um, so all of that to say that it's, Rolling Bone should be way higher. I'm picturing Matt yes. at home Seems and his mom is like, Matt, go fold that laundry and listen to that Whitney Houston. He's like, I don't want to anymore. I hate both of these <laughs> so things. I'm so tired of the bodyguard do. soundtrack. 
Matt, right. listen to this oh, Whitney Houston. I like grudge, yeah. Mom. I like grudge music. He's got an Atlantis cassette in the Whitney Houston cassette case. He like takes it out, plays it. Like <laughs> nobody oh, knows sure. what's going on, guys. Unfortunately, you were incorrect. This is a rolling relation ships. Rolling okay, this drone. is an album that you was essential listening as soon as you started dating in the nineties. And the first time you got dumped, or maybe like the third time you got dumped, yeah. you just realized like, oh yeah, Atlantis knows this is exactly what I'm feeling. And I'm telling you, we're going through that in my house right now because what? my oldest one is not getting dumped. She's not dating, but she has become a gigantic Taylor Swift fan. And I cannot mm-hmm. believe that Atlantis is not compared more to Taylor Swift. It's, it's such a similar vibe of like, my daughter is literally learning what it's like to be in a relationship. Through songs, she's knowing how to feel mm-hmm. when you. What get about Olivia? Up with, Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yeah. Rodrigo. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I think it's um, it's, a, it's that same idea same of like this, the, these strong female singer songwriters, and and me having a twelve year old, you know, female growing up in this house. It's been a giant influence. My daughter has such strong opinions about Jake Gyllenhaal. Has never seen any of his movies. She hates the guy. Cannot stand him. And I'm all for it. Listen, next up, we've got the first rap album to ever hit platinum. Guys, oh, we got an appointment with the doctor. We're going to see Easy E. And let's put some ice cubes in this drink because they're bringing us straight oh, out of Compton. Oh, straight out of Compton. Oh, wow. That's, that's going to be a jam, too. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Guys, every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> 